Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, uh, welcome back again here, your host, Jeff Lloyd. Uh, we are sponsored here this evening by MyBookie.com. Guys, I do want to thank you, everybody, so much. Today has been the highest downloaded listen to day of the Locked On Browns podcast. Uh, I can't thank you all enough. Uh, obviously, I can't thank Baker Mayfield enough, uh, Ben Albright coming on last night. All that stuff leads to it. But, guys, look, uh, it, it, the momentum is there. It, you know, the story is there. People aren't sleeping on anymore. Uh, people have a real legitimate feeling about this organization. And, guys, just as much as we're all, all you know, riding the, you know, enjoying the ride, everybody national is going to start to come to it now. Don't get upset about it. Let's not talk about bandwagon. This is just the way this stuff works. You become a story. Everybody wants to come in and get their crumb or piece or whatever. If you, a, pizza, a pizza crust, whatever, of the situation. This is the way it's going to be here now. And especially when you got a dude like Baker Mayfield. Guys, I couldn't let Charger Week go by without getting one of my favorite Charger guys, one of my favorite dudes. We got a special guy we're going to chat with tonight. You know, uh, me and Kyle Posey's son here we're going to get into a little bit. But from Bolts on the Blue, obviously writes about the Chargers. Uh, you know, my good buddy here, Kyle Posey. Kyle, buddy, how's everything been? Been good, man. A, a lot a lot going on here. I uh, actually just uh, just relocated to the Phoenix area. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of changes, but it's good. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Well, it's nice to get you in a little bit warmer weather, bro. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's snowing back in Iowa, so 80 degrees today here. Yeah, so I, you know, leave it behind the, you know, the Timberlands and the North Faces. It's probably a good thing, man. Yeah. <laughs> no, didn't have to travel with any hoodies. Yeah. Who wants what, man? Here you go. Take them because I don't need them anymore, guys. Right. Uh, we're going to get into this here. Uh, now, Kyle, first thing I want to ask you, look, I respect your opinion, you know, football-wise here. And when I have every one of you guys on, first thing I want to know is, you know, for somebody, you know, covers another team, but obviously covers the league and kind of looks at everything, what's your initial thoughts uh, of what you've seen so far here? I mean, you know, like, I hate to use this lame old phrase, but this ain't your father's Cleveland Browns. No, it's not at all. And, I mean, we talked about it a little bit before we got on here, just when when a team is competitive, when a team is competitive every game and for all quarters, that's usually when it's a sign that they're a good team. And many people know, like you guys know, that if you've watched the Browns, they've been in these games. And it's rare that we're talking about the Cleveland Browns are, what, a few bounces away from being undefeated. I know that's a long shot and you can do that with a lot of teams but there's no way that you would have said that before the season and taken it like the Browns over under um, was like five and a half wins five wins to start the season and that's looking pretty good yeah and even when Ben Ben, ben Albert was on last night he's like uh, he's like I, I think anything then less than eight right now would be a disappointment and I was just like wow damn you know and like for me in Fresh. here yeah I'm like wow you know like is this really where it's at but I think that's what we're kind of learning here with, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield. And I think once you – and it's funny because, you know, I kind of agreed with their plan that he shouldn't have started. And I saw a little bit of Tyler, uh, Ty, uh, you know, Tyrod Taylor. And after week one, we did the post-game show. And I was like, I don't know. And everybody's like, Jeff, come on. The weather was crap, this, that, and the other thing. I was just like, well, I, I think – I'm pretty sure the other dude's better. And then it wasn't a question of Baker Mayfield was the better quarterback. Baker Mayfield walked in here and became the best offensive player they had. But look, I mean, whenever you get to the right decision, that's all that matters that you get to the right decision. So, you know, better days are ahead here for this franchise. Uh, the first thing I want to kick it off here, um, we saw last night under a national scope, um, the, the draft class, obviously, back in the day, Eli Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, we saw last night under a national sky. We all watched it together. Eli Manning is toast, and I don't know, and I'll be honest, 
the way the New York Giants run their organization, I don't know if they realize it. Ben Roethlisberger, it's not it's not the same anymore. You know, you can keep adding pieces, you know, to help him out, whether it's a Juju Smith-Schuster, whether it's a James Washington. You know, give him enough weapons and think that maybe that's going to get it done. But the one guy here, and he's always looked the ugliest doing it, and he is just absolutely humming right now. Philip Rivers, uh, Kyle, I mean, I, I think it's 14 TDs, two interceptions. He's, he, he's just getting even better as he ages. He's crushing it, man. He really is. And I think the most impressive part about his play this year is that it's just him buying po- buying time in the pocket. A lot of times when people talk about, you know, they want a mobile quarterback, they think about, like, runners. But mobile and scrambling isn't the same thing. And Rivers is, like, an incredibly mobile this year, just giving his receivers more time. And it's really paying off, man. They're, they are making plays. Uh, now, as far, as far as the running game, you know, Melvin Gordon, I think everybody in the league kind of knows what he is. And he's damn good in his role. But the one that really probably is, you know, if I'm Greg Williams, the one who's given me headaches because I can't cover a screen to save my life and I have problems with backs in the receiving game, Austin Eckler, every time, whether if I go through a Chargers box score or I do catch Chargers, this guy gives you a huge chunk play, 35, 40 yards, and it's usually through the passing game. This guy is a little bit of a pain in the ass, Kyle. I'm sure we'll get there, but think Duke Johnson with more juice. Like, that's pretty crazy, but that's exactly what Eckler is. And I was a huge fan of Duke Johnson coming out, but... I remember Eckler's... I remember you had the one, and I, I remember you put up the video breakdown, and, and we sat there together trying to figure out how many broken tackles it was, and we just knew we were at double digits and just stopped there. Yeah, that's all, that's all we needed, right? That's all it took. And in Eckler's case, that is... We're getting that every game, but for whatever reason, the Chargers don't feel like giving him more than 10, 10 touches a game. But, man, when he, when, when they give him a ball, the ball, they, when they give him the target, when it, whatever it is, he just makes plays. He's something special, man. I uh, I really can't wait till another team gets his hand on him, honestly, just so he can just show out for his sake. And I'll tell you right now, right now, Duke Johnson would give his left arm to get 10 touches a game. Contract, ex- <laughs> contract extension. And, and and here today they actually said, um, you know, because, you know, Rashard Higgins is going to be down here a little bit with a knee injury suffered on Sunday. Uh, Derek Willies, who's right now probably could run for mayor of Cleveland with the play he made in overtime on Sunday, unfortunately broke his collarbone in practice today. The one little question I had is, man, what are we doing in a Friday practice that somebody may have actually broken a collarbone? But... So obviously he's going to be on the shelf here. You know, with a collarbone, it's always tricky. I mean, it could be two, three weeks. It could be two, three months, uh, you know, depending if there's surgery involved or whatever. So now they say, oh, well, he's out, he's out. Oh, well, you know, maybe we'll have to get Duke Johnson to step up. It's like, well, wait a minute. Duke Johnson's been getting it done here for three years for this dog crap organization. And it takes guy, it takes an undrafted free agent. It takes a, a fifth-round pick who you cut, brought him back on the practice squad, fought his way back into playing time, and now maybe it's time to get Duke Johnson involved. It's just crazy here, Kyle. On a Friday, so it took all that on a Friday. So they're literally left with no other options. Okay, now we'll get Duke the ball. What it's going to be, it's going to be sixth-round pick, Damian Ratley getting his opportunity, which I'm excited for because Damian Ratley, if you look at him, he kind of looks a little bit like Josh Gordon. The dude's six foot three. He's got the physique. He's got the speed. He played well in the preseason. He's like they they showed tendency to give all these young guys a shot so far in the regular season. Ratley hasn't got, gotten his. Uh, maybe Demari Scott comes up from the practice squad. But look, I mean, they have tight ends. They're deep at the running back position. 
They can absorb the blow, but the question is now you're dealing with a rookie quarterback and you may have just had to put a significant change into your game plan here on Friday. So it's also going to be interesting because whatever the Chargers, and I'm just going to say Chargers because I did the crossover the other day and I said (laughs) San Diego like three times. It's going to take me a while. So, you know, whatever maybe the Chargers have studied for to this point, it could be vastly different because now you're down essentially wide receiver two. You're down essentially, you know, wide receiver four who is who is growing into a role with this team. So it's going to be interesting how that all plays out. Um, the offensive line here now, I've looked at the injury report. Both tackles look to be questionable this week. Oh, yeah, and uh, both tackles actually did not play last week as well. So they have, uh, I mean, it's just typical Chargers, you know. Um, it's not a Chargers game unless an offensive line gets hurt, an offensive lineman gets hurt, and that's been the case. That's where they're at. So they were questionable. They actually practiced Thursday and didn't practice today, and that was the same case last week, and they held them out. So it might be that they held them out again, but uh, the head coach, Anthony Lynn, was talking a little bit about he know he knows how important it is just with this defensive line. Uh, they are a bit better than the Raiders. Miles Garrett, obviously <laughs> you guys know, and then – Larry, lot of letters in his last name is actually the real deal to me, man. I, uh, I, I'm sure that Browns fans don't feel like he's getting enough attention, but to me, I'll give me him right now. I will take him in a heartbeat. He's good, man. Yeah, uh, and, and I think a lot of people noticed it, it, the Saints game was it, and he was literally just putting the center in Drew Brees' lap, a veteran center, a veteran quarterback. These things shouldn't happen. They just couldn't control it. Um, and Emmanuel Ogba, he's a solid you know, second defensive end because he plays the run well. Um, everybody, oh, well, we're not seeing the pass rush. He hasn't graduated with it. I mean, the guy's coming back from a broken ankle that he had surgery on. He got a little bit dinged up. He's you know, he's never going to be Lawrence Taylor, but he can get something done. And Jannard Avery's been a nice piece here as a rookie. Um, you know, everybody kind of looked at him as a traditional linebacker. And, and I think that's maybe what had him drop because, you know, linebackers, you're either top 20 in the draft or you go anywhere way after that or whatever just because they feel on production. John Dorsey took a gamble here and said, I, I think he's more of an edge rusher than other people do. And they've kind of run with that. And, and, and the kid is, I mean, you know, the, the whole story of he grew up on the farm and he's literally giving some right tackles with a bull rush at about 250, 255 to a 310-pound right tackle. The kid's showing really well. So they, the defensive line here... And that's where other people are jumping in on this, man. This defensive line has got a lot of talent. It doesn't have depth, but it's the first four or five. These dudes can definitely, definitely get it done. So, you know, we've been enjoying that here. Uh, I do have to get to my uh, sponsor here for the show. Um, Guys, as you know, mybookie.com, always great with this. Um, Look, ever since I've taken over the show, people want football advice, fantasy advice, everything football-wise. They want betting advice. They want to bet on their office pools. They want to bet. You know, now the gambling is getting more legal. They want to know who to bet, where to bet. You know, they want to know who to bet on. What I can tell you is who you are betting with is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I will always tell you guys to go to mybookie.com. Trust me, they are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site is simple, clean, and easy to use. I would only recommend a service that's been, uh, to my listeners, has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to mybookie. You win, they pay. It is that simple. They have in-game, live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. MyBookie.com is currently slammed with people trying to create new accounts. So what they've done for you is if you will agree to uh, create your account after 7 p.m. Eastern Time, they will give you a free $25. Now this goes along with the standard MyBookie.com deal where they will match your initial deposit 100%. 
So go ahead, drop in $100. After 7 p.m. Eastern, $200. They add in the 25. You now got 225. Guys, if you're gonna take free, if you if you want to bet, take some free money, man. It's just it's just playing. It's just simple. It's foolish not to do it. Uh, so uh, with this, obviously, guys, as you know, new promo code capital L locked capital O on 25. Uh, visit mybookie.com uh, online today. That is mybookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com. Uh, you play, you win, you get paid. It is just that simple, guys. Kyle, I do want to kick it over to the other side of the ball here. Um, my, uh, obviously here, you know, with covering Cleveland, uh, everybody, you know, they love, they love them some Joey Bosa. They hate the Browns for never taking him, but uh, it's a good thing. We're not going to see Joey Bosa this week. Um, so Melvin Ingram, but is the pass ru- is there still a significant pass rush from this defense even without Joey Bosa, or is it a lot more blitz oriented? So Melvin Ingram's been doing everything he can, but the pass rush has definitely suffered. So teams are able to basically focus on Ingram now, and the other guys. I don't know. Do you remember Isaac Rochelle out of Notre Dame? Vaguely. <laughs> yeah, that, right. He uh, so he's been taking over for Bosa, and he's he's just too heavy. He hasn't um. He hasn't really produced, but the pass rush has been very inconsistent. There's a there's a safety that the Chargers have that actually leads them in sacks and is probably their best pass rusher. But the he's uh, been that way side- since he was 18 years old. We're <laughs> right, gonna get to that. Right. Big big surprise, right? <laughs> um, but aside from that, they really just they really haven't had much. Ingram and Ingram's playing so well. They're they're doing a really good job of moving him around. So don't expect to just see him on the left tackle or the right tackle he's going to kick inside quite a bit as well but uh, the pass rush is pretty sporadic man they haven't uh haven't done a great job of getting consistent production but they uh they definitely have here and there um here and there they're getting sacks i guess that's what matters yeah and that's the thing because uh the issue here is you know uh the browns it's it's a little bit different because they're rocking with an offensive t- they're rocking with a left tackle under 300 pounds they're rocking with a right tackle who is under 300 pounds and when these guys are when a team's got book and rushers it's been a little bit of an issue here Desmond Harrison I don't want to discredit what he's done to this point because the Browns kind of did him dirty here because they didn't get much experience in the preseason and basically decided we think you're the best guy we've got for the job so go ahead young man sink or swim and I think to this point, he has swam, he hasn't sank, but, you know, this kid's learning a lot on the fly, which ain't right. And then, uh, you know, Chris Hubbard, you know, he's a he's an undersized right tackle. I think we kind of knew this when we got into it, but he's also having an issue too. So not seeing Joey Bosa is is a big plus here for this offensive group. Now, I also see when I'm looking at the, uh, the linebacker core here, uh, Brown is a question not to play. He is doubtful. Uh, White is also, uh, he is actually listed as out. Is, is there enough depth to this linebacking court? Because the Browns want to make it featured that they feature Carlos Hyde 20 carries so he can get his 3.5 yards per carry. <laughs> so <laughs> that's messed up. Thank you, so, but uh, it's what's happening. <laughs> so they, they don't. No, they don't have linebacker depth. They rolled into the season with the idea that Perriman was going to be the guy and then whoever won between Jatavis and Kaiser. Uh, they were going to roll with him at will. And then on the spread downs, they were just going to roll with both of those guys. And now both of those linebackers are out. They they just called up somebody from the practice squad, but the, I imagine they don't trust him. What they did last week when the um, when Jatavis Brown was injured, they actually slid in a safety named Adrian Phillips in the linebacker. Okay. And they, 
they basically just go dime with a, a bunch of D-backs and Denzel Perriman. And then just four down linemen, they just kind of roll from there. And for whatever reason, the Raiders were running side to side, east and west on them. They weren't running right at this 200-pound linebacker. And the last time the Chargers played him at linebacker was the Chiefs game. And Hunt, Kareem Hunt ran for a billion yards. So I imagine Todd Haley is going to be a little bit wiser in that regard In that regard than John Gruden. And if, if you run right at the Chargers, you're going to get off the field. But for whatever reason, teams are not patient enough to do that. And they kind of bail the Chargers out when they do. Okay. Well, and I mean, you can have that flexibility uh, when you have, you know, obviously uh, number 33 back there. Uh, we're going to get uh, – all right, I can't wait any longer. All right, Kyle. Our son, Derwin. <laughs> what are our, we waiting on? Our son, Derwin. Um, I think he landed into an absolutely great spot. Look, uh, so many of these guys, you know, they prefer to be out where the, the lights are bright. And, you know, Derwin – how he lasted as long as he did, I have no idea, because we're talking about a six foot three, two hundred fifteen to two hundred twenty pound animal who can play some single high, can play a little bit of man, can just straight up rush the passer and destroy things. I still remember that poor sap, I forget his name, whoever was the right tackle as a four year senior at Florida, and Derwin is an eighteen year old kid, just dropped him on his can like he was a nobody. And I remember Joe Marino, the draft guy, and a Florida fan. That's it. He's off my draft board. But Derwin James, absolute stud, and he is taken to this. I mean, it's it's just so incredible to see. I got to see the opener, and it was just amazing uh, against the Chiefs. I mean, granted, obviously, you know, Kansas City, that day was the better team. But you just saw, oh, my God, Derwin James, this is, you know. And I hate to ever say, you know, oh, here's a guy that kind of gives you some Sean Taylor type stuff. But Derwin James gives you some Sean Taylor type stuff. You never want to say anybody compares to Sean Taylor. But if there is one guy that compares to Sean Taylor, it's this guy. This, this guy, for I don't want to say he's better than I thought he would be because I figured he was going to be really good. But I think he's just better sooner. Like, he arrived right away. And usually, there, you know, there's, there's growing pains. Like, you're going to come into the league right away and you're going to have to guard Travis Kelsey. You're going to have to face this high-flying Rams offense. And he hasn't missed a beat at all, man. And what's what I think what's what really speaks to the level that he's playing at is last week he didn't do anything exceptional. Like, he didn't have an interception. He didn't have a sack. And people are like, wow, Derwin just had a normal game. <laughs> I think – I think that that kind of tells you just where his level's at. Uh, as a rookie, he leads a team in tackles, interceptions, sacks, passes defended. And these are – he ranks among the league leaders in the, some of these categories as well. And so they are – they're using him everywhere. He's succeeding everywhere. He's a hell of a blitzer, great tackler. And he just finds a way to get his hands on the ball. Like when he blitzes – and this will be something to keep an eye on. He's actually really good at just batting balls down at the line of scrimmage. Yep. There, uh, there's just so much that I, and you already know this. I feel like I'm just regurgitating everything you already know. But what this, what this guy brings to the defense, the fact that he's probably the best player on a defense that has some really, really good players, tells you, uh, tells you we got a star, and the star might already be on him. Yo, I mean, the thing is though, is because is with his size, with that, with his athleticism. And then you just throw in the fact that he's just really smart at playing the game. That's just how you get a recipe for just an absolutely dominant player. 
and it's going to be fun for years because I mean he's going to get out there, he's going to you know get to play against a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and those games are going to start to get flexed to prime time, and those are going to be matchups like guys on like me on the East Coast are being excited as hell to see. Uh, now, but the rest of the secondary. Casey Hayward, that one still bothers me years ago. Here was a guy available for nothing, and the New York Jets had no cornerbacks at the time. Nobody picked up the phone, did nothing about it. Casey Hayward settled on in to, you know, with the Chargers and has gone on to a nice thing here. Um, to give me a little bit more about the rest of the secondary. And you know, the, it's weird because you know the Browns, week in, week out, I think David Njoku is a guy... They're trying to feature a little bit more, and it's going to be fun. Obviously, it's always a little fun when it's an F- FSU on a, on, a, on a cane, so that's going to be fun. Oh, yeah. And, you know, obviously, then you're going to mix into it Antonio Callaway, whether he's ready for it or not, and I think they were trying to dial back his reps a little bit. His reps are going to get up. So, I mean, so, you know, all those down in, you know, in Florida, you got a little bit of taste of everything going on here. But talk to me a little about the secondary. So it'll be interesting. So, It'll be interesting to see what the Chargers want the Browns to do. If they want Baker to throw it down the field, they are going to leave Derwin back there. Or sorry, they're going to put Derwin in the box and basically just dare them to beat them deep. If they're scared of Callaway and these deep threats, um, if they're scared of them being a vertically passing game, then they're going to leave Derwin at free safety. And then they're going to say, okay, you're going to have to dink and dunk your way down the field. But it's it's been, it's been a, a bad start, now, honestly with everybody in the secondary not named Derwin James. The tackling, these guys are usually very good tacklers. And Trevor Williams, Casey Hayward, Jalil Dye, they are all kind of uh, – and even Desmond King, who's actually a, a really good tackler, but they've all been off this this year. And I think I, – I don't want to say that it's an, in a directly correlated to how they've been covering, but it's it's just affecting their game. And uh, they're, they're not making plays. Last year they were making plays. They were getting turnovers, and that just isn't happening this year. Teams were uh, – te- like the Raiders especially actually were picking on Trevor Williams. But, again, they uh, they didn't they didn't stay with it. So – he, Trevor Williams has a little X on his back. He's uh, he's the guy that he's a marked man, and we will see how the Browns attack him. But even even Hayward, he uh, Hayward's been probably one of the better, the top three corners the last few years. But this year, it just uh, it just hasn't been there. And I, and I know it's it's hard to maintain that level of play year in and year out. But a lot of these guys, uh, it just hasn't been that way, and and they're not just they're not consistent. And it starts with the tackling too. Uh, guys, you listen to here, Locked On Browns. Uh, Kyle Posey covers the Chargers for Bolts from the Blue. Uh, we've got over here, you know, Philip Rivers, his mystique. We've gotten Kyle's thoughts on the Browns. You know, breaking down some positional analysis here right, before we get ready to for you know Sunday's game here as the LA Chargers make their way into First Energy in Cleveland. Um, guys, Matt Williamson, Locked On NFL Podcast. He does a fantastic job over there. You know, the Monday show is always he'll have three, four hosts of all, you know the Locked On shows, team specific. Come on, talk with him about you know with the biggest events of the weekend. It was nice to get cold up to the big show after the win on Sunday. Uh, so you know, look, Browns keep trending. I'd love to you know spend a little more time with Matt Tuesdays. You get Sage Rosenfels, you get Mike Renner from PFF, you get my, Mike Sandel from ESPN. Friday, Matt Williamson gives you game picks. Uh, you know, gives you the whole slate of game picks. So go ahead, check down the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson. Does a fantastic job over there, guys. Uh, Kyle, um, normally as I get later into the week. When I when I talk with somebody from the other team, it gets me a little more nervous. I, I think you may have taken me down from getting a little more nervous here. The you know the Chargers. You know I do believe they're a good team, but I, it seems like you're making it sound like they got some issues here. What are your thoughts about this game and how it's going to play out? I think that both teams have specific matchups that they can exploit. I think they're both good teams. I think the Chargers are not good on defense. 
I think the Browns are not a good tackling team. So no, that, I think that's that going to one of the issues. And uh, we had somebody because you know we do a PFF specific uh, show you know each week. And one of the guys, well, Denzel, great. You know, I mean, the, all, the, all the guys, well, Denzel Ward's great. It's too low. It's too low. It's too low. And, you know, so I had on John Costco, who covers the Browns for PFF, and he's like, I don't think they understand the significance of missed tackles and where missed, tackle, where missed, tackle, missed tackles take place and the significance it has on a grade. Yeah, so they, it seems like, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Browns missed tackles maybe more than anybody are like a direct reflection to the points that they give up. So a lot of teams, they rally to the ball and a missed tackle won't hurt you too bad. But from watching them, it seems like the Browns, if they're missing a tackle, that's another 20 yards added yep, on. That's exactly what's been happening. I, I think that that with guys like Keenan and Eckler and the, the Chargers are actually a very explosive offense and they have, uh, they're right up there with the Chiefs and the Rams. I think they're ahead of the Rams in explosive plays. They are. I imagine they're going to look to uh, look to make some of these big plays and hopefully get Eckler on some of these screens or Gordon on these check downs and uh, maybe hit Tyrell Williams over the top or Mike Williams up top. So they have some weapons, man. It'll be interesting. I do think it's going to come down to how they handle. Um, so on the outside, they're going to have to beat the Browns in man coverage, and they're going to be have to hold up Miles Garrett and like Larry Lotta letters and Ogba and just, um, they're, if they are not able to block the Browns and I don't think that they're going to have a chance because I know the Browns do have a good run uh, run defense I also don't think run defense is that significant just because teams throw the ball all over the yard but I'd, it's going to come down to if the Browns offense as well can because they're going to move the ball that's not going to be a question but will they be able to punch it in I know I think they're 50%. I know, I'm pretty sure it's a coin flip at uh, just the red zone touchdown percentage. So if Baker's going to be able to convert these touch these uh, touchdowns, then the Browns are going to win. If it's going to be field goals, or if he's going to have that rookie mistake where he holds the ball too long, the Chargers, if they are one thing on defense, they are fast. They do have athletes all over the place. So um, Baker's going to have to be smart. Um, his receivers, that's another thing. The ball can't go off their hands, and I know that's nope. been uh, It's been terrible. That has been a problem, man. I, I feel pretty bad watching some of these balls for Baker. Even the interception last week, the, the receiver starts, stops, or he drifts and does his own thing. And it look it's going to look terrible in the stat sheet. But, man, I, I imagine his adjusted completion percentage is somewhere around 70%. It's actually it's actually closer to 75. Um, PFF, yeah, yeah. PFF has Baker as the number five overall quarterback currently. So, I mean, that's how well this, this guy is taken to it. And I mean, but this is going to be the thing here because – for me, I've never been a guy that was, you know, there's no way you can wrap around in your mind, oh, we're going from 1 and 31 to we're going to win 9, we're going to go 9 and 7, we're going to go 10 and 6. Look, until that shows up, and look, I'll enjoy every second of it, I just, it's impossible to think you can get that much growth in one offseason. So this is all about, you know, look, we know who the dude is, you know, at quarterback. We know about, you know, the defense, and I'm okay with it. You know, you can always add another piece or two. You can never not have enough good defensive players. And then, you know, offense, you know, the running back stable, you know, as long as you can figure it out and realize that Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson should be loosening up defense so Carlos Hyde can just go north and south and run people over. Hopefully they'll get to that grass soon. But I know there's enough skill here now. But look, with the wide receiver core, it's either you can play at Baker Mayfield's speed or you can't. And those that that's going to be a spot where people are going to have to be moved because look you're just gonna you're gonna end up being roadkill because you're either going to play at Baker's level or you're just going to have to be out of here. 
So, um, but I, I am also worried. I mean, I'm not worried so much, but that defensive line, and this is what I like, because these guys, as athletic as they are, I, you know, Philip Rivers with the the one little slide step, that may work on a defensive back who's coming 275 miles an hour. It's not going to change things with guys like Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, uh, Manuel Ogba, these guys who are six foot three, six foot four, long armed, strong defenders. His little, you know. You know, eh, eh, slide to the right, and the old man eh, eh, slide to the left. It's not going to be enough against these athletes. So I do think this is a game, and as long as, and this is the other thing, as long as they are smart enough to rotate these guys, where you know they're not playing ninety percent plus snap usage, and they did a better job of this last week against Baltimore. So these guys are gas later in the games. But I, I think this defensive line could put the stamp on this one. Yeah, they they um they might have to if they want to win, and I think this game's going to be closer to the Browns Raiders than it will be the Browns Ravens. I agree. And um I do think that the Chargers will like the knowing that the depth on the Browns defensive line isn't that the Chargers have actually done a really good job of just having long play drives. Like I think last week they had five or six maybe even seven drives that had seven plays or more so they're going to put some tempo up there they're going to move the ball so i would expect them to do everything they can to, to just get these these first unit guys off the field and and, and the one thing and, and nobody's actually mentioned this week and, and the one thing i do think about baker mayfield and this isn't a you know size play comparison you know, Baker Mayfield's got a little bit of young Philip Rivers to him. You know, Philip Rivers has gotten older now, but and people have kind of forgotten about. You know, Philip had no problem being a cocky sob back in the day. And oh, they, he still and, is. Don't get it twisted. He still oh, talks his shit. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, be, all right. So, well, you know, number six ain't going to back away from that at all. Oh, so no, you know, I love it. Yep. So it, it, it's definitely going to be fun from that aspect. Um, so it's going to be fun to play out here. If one guy, if I had to call out one guy that the Browns are going to need to show up, and it's going to be a monster game for him, I think Jarvis Landry is really going to have to carry it here for this wide receiving core because you're asking a lot of guys. You know, look, Callaway had the big day in New Orleans, but a lot of that was you know predicated on one you know big reception late in the game. But this is well, look, and, and Jarvis Landry. This is where you're going to have to earn your money here, dude. There's some guys yeah. down a 10 catch, 130 yard day. It's something Baker Mayfield needs. It's something this offense is going to need. And I imagine that Casey Hayward is going to follow him everywhere he goes. If, oh, okay, if so Jarvis he does Landry follow. goes to the All bathroom. Right. Oh, okay. yeah. If Jarvis Landry goes to the bathroom, uh, Casey Hayward will probably be in the stall right next to him. So there's going to be some matchups. It'll it'll likely be – Williams usually follows the speed guy, so he'll probably go with Callaway. And then – Hayward will go with Landry and then Derwin with Najoku. And these are in obvious man situations, passing situations. So it'll be a good one. All right. I do appreciate that from you. Kyle, it's been a good time, man. It's been a real good yeah. time. Oh, yeah. Always. All right. Now, guys, does anybody know Kyle, you know, Kyle's relocated. He's got himself out of the nasty cold of Iowa out there in Arizona now. Living a better Outside life. Outside right now. Living uh, it up. Look at you, my man. That is too, too good for you. Um, guys, go ahead. Uh, check out Kyle's worth. Writes for the uh, SB Nation. Bolts for the Blue. Does a fantastic job covering the Chargers. Always another great draft follow. Uh, you know, as we get closer to that time, uh, follow him at the KP Show. Uh, guys, one of the I, I've talked with Kyle on Twitter for years, and talking Florida State, and you know, kind of how we bonded, but just talking ball in general. Great, great guy, uh, guys. For the uh, Locked On Browns uh, account, go ahead and follow the Twitter account. Closing in on three thousand followers, we keep it a follow back account. You guys are fantastic. You guys send critiques. There's always a couple of nut jobs who send me nasty hate. 
uh, DMs, uh, those don't get responded to. But uh, anybody else, you got something you want to talk about, go ahead, send me a message over there. Go ahead, put it on the phone. Oh, uh, what's up? No, go ahead. No, sorry. Uh, and uh, guys, follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, I do want to thank you guys once again. The largest day in Locked On Browns history. Um, I cannot thank you guys enough for that. The team's getting better. The, uh, the show's growing along with it. Uh, and like, you know, me and the guys who cover this team, what do we say about Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield is good for business. He's good for business for all of us. Uh, guys, uh, we'll have Pete Smith for the postgame show on Sunday. But until then, guys, uh, you know, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB. Thank <laughs> you.